I wrote about my childhood and growing up in a country with civil unrest. Hello, and welcome to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. Hi, I'm Harvey Robinson. I'm the master speaker trainer, international speaker, author, and three-time best-selling author and author of The Impact of One Voice. And of course, your host today for the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. But we're here talking about the latest book, which is The Impact of One Voice, Your Voice, Your Story, and Your Message Matters. And with me today is one of the very special authors. We have 29 authors besides myself. And so I want to introduce you to my guest today, Nadine Rajay. She's a coach for parents and teens, an engineer, an author, and a mom of four, and an unconventional Lebanese Kiwi who doesn't put limits on her heart's calling. She provides heart-centered coaching for families worldwide to help teens overcome stress and distractions, navigate challenges, and build confidence and self-motivation. Nadine also works closely with moms to help them handle parenting triggers and build genuine connections with their kids. Nadine lives in Christchurch City in New Zealand with her husband and four children. She is a chartered fire engineer with more than 15 years of experience. She also writes books for children and teens and is building an indie publishing house with a vision of bringing diverse and empowering stories to the world. Nadine is passionate about the power of youth imagination, and big dreams. She believes that building a brighter future for the planet starts with empowering our young generations. She is here today to talk about her chapter, which is Impossible Dreams. So welcome, Nadine. Welcome. Zooming all the way from New Zealand. I love it. Hi, RP. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about your chapter, Impossible Dreams. And I love how you begin it because you talk about immediately. I mean, this book is all about your voice, your story, your message matters. And yet the first sentence, you talked about how often kids and teens are told, and here's your words, tone down their dreams and get real, meaning take away their voice. So tell us a little bit about your chapter, how you got started, and your story. Yeah, I I will start first of all by thanking you for giving me this opportunity to be with the impact of One Voice. Um, And it means so much to me uh, to be able to share my story. I, I, I wrote about my childhood and growing up in a country with civil unrest. So uh, if, um, I, I think everybody knows Lebanon has a very long history of civil wars and uh, political conflicts. And um, growing up in that sort of environment really sort of shapes, your, shapes who you are. Um, 
And I cho- I'd chosen particularly to talk about my childhood and my teenage years, because whatever you go through during childhood and the teenage years sh- shapes the rest of your life. Um, and um, it, it sort of puts you on the path. Um, I, st- I start off my chapter by talking about how I, as, as a young girl, I had really big dreams in, in, in the environment that I was living in. But everybody was telling me, uh, you're impossible. You're, your head is in the clouds. You dream <laughs> too much. Right. Um, and on top of that, I, I, so I was sort of a quiet, shy girl. And as I grew up, I sort of became more shy and, and, and quieter. And like I, I was always given the message that uh, sensitive, uh, introverted people cannot survive in the oh, world. Oh, no. Mm. And uh, it, it sort of gave me a lot of internalization. Like I did lots of internalization when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I thought like something was wrong with me. I used to spend lots of uh, time uh, just in self-doubt and shame. And, um, but in the end, though, I did have this big dream in my heart and a big desire to, to go, uh, to go travel and to, to live a happier life. And that desire was way bigger than the self-doubt. Uh, in my chapter, I talk about a, a few things that helped me get, get through this. And, uh, I, I, I'd like to say like one of the things that, um, that, that are very important was uh, focusing on focusing inwards instead of uh, letting the external uh, uh, environment imp- impact me and, and just listening to that. You know, it's sort of, I, I have to say, it is of a divine nature, that right. sort of inner, inner guidance, um, inner voice of your heart. Right. So uh, back up yeah. a moment. Okay, so just to tell, uh, let everybody come up to speed. You were born in Lebanon, but you were born during the Civil War. So let's talk about that. So we're not talking about okay, you were born in a foreign country. You are, you know, grew up and you didn't have, you know, everything that you know, uh, you know, every, you know, maybe you wanted, but you had bombs going off all around you. And then you talk about, you know, uh, you lived in a, in a mountain village, so you were kind of far away from what was happening in the city. But then, and then you had this whole philosophy of uh, that you grew up with, with survival of the fittest, right? That you were you know, you maybe not you so much, but your friends were like, you know, taught to go and grab whatever they could and and take it for themselves. In other words, be selfish instead of giving. Now, I know just from knowing you, you're the opposite of that. But what happened? And you so you went in, you went introvert, but then you went to school. And this is what's amazing. You went to an American university in Beirut. Yeah, that that was during college years to study engineering. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you had bombs going around you. You you know, the war, you were dodging bullets. You were in school dodging underneath your desk, right? I mean, this is stuff that people here in America and probably New Zealand never experienced. So when we are talking about 
you and how you overcame that and how you want to help people now. This was a big journey. So I want you to just tell, I mean, you lived in fear, right? You lived in fear. You've come through it now and you're in New Zealand, one of the most beautiful places on earth. But I want people to know that are listening that you went through something that most of us never, ever have to go through. So just tell us a little bit about what it was like. You went to engineering school, which for a woman in a male-dominated environment. So first of all, I want to know why engineering? Was it your parents? Was it you? I mean, so tell us a little bit about your more about your story. And then what was it like going to engineering school? Yeah. So I I, men, I do mention in my chapter that we had lots of electricity outages. Yeah. And just studying at the with the light of the candle, and uh, uh, we had to boil water over uh, stoves to take a shower sometimes. Right. And now, I want to remind people this was not that far ago. I mean, you sound like oh man, nineteen forty. We're talking two thousand and five. 2005, you are studying by candlelight with bombs going off as your music, right? I just want everybody to know in context. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so so th- from early on, I had uh, this passion in me that uh, I want to fix the electricity. I, I, want, I want to do solutions. So that's why I uh, went into electrical engineering. Uh, now, my father is an engineer, so he he also okay. encouraged me. Okay. Uh, and um, I I was good at school, and I'm I managed to get. Um, I I do have a passion for physics. I know not all, okay. uh, not everyone likes physics, but um, I did have a passion for physics, and um, uh, choosing engineering was um, was really a confident option for me. Um, and I, I, I was brought up by my parents, n- not based on, um, they didn't uh, deny me opportunities because I was a girl, although other families did that. They did see potential in me. And that's, uh, like, that's something I'm really grateful for. And like, I want to highlight the importance of investing in your kids. So, so yeah, I went into engineering and that was a very big leap for me. I was this village girl suddenly in the city, taking on a very tough uh, subject uh, for studying. And on top of that, it was during my first year that uh, the bombings restarted. And to say fear is really like an understatement. (laughs) It was a total, um, like, it was total chaos where uh, you, you wouldn't really know uh, what would happen the very next day. People, people died. And every time, um, every now and then, uh, like these big explosions would happen, these big assassinations would happen. And uh, of course, innocent people were nearby and were killed. And you really couldn't tell that. You couldn't tell. Maybe it's this street. Maybe it's the next street. And wow. you, still, you still needed to go, to go places. You, you needed to get your stuff done. Uh, people couldn't just live in hiding. Um, and yeah, living with that fear and uh, with just the unknown and just uh, trusting that uh, you, you will get through. 
That's, that's a, that is a big one. Yes. So most people don't go to college under those circumstances. So then in 2007, you said the war ended and you graduated and you were only 22 years old. So you're still young. Right. Um, but then you had to face a new fear as if that mm-hmm. wasn't enough now. But before you do, because you don't mention this in your chapter, but I want to know, how did you feel and how did your country feel when the war had ended? Uh, we say the war ended, but uh, it was a sort of um, patch up. And it, uh, if you keep up with political news, it is still a patch up. Uh, it, it just instead of uh, giving this, uh, giving it this uh, face of uh, violence and bombings, it's now another type of war. It's like an economic war. Uh, it's, it, I, I, I like to highlight that sometimes uh, um, things are not what they are on the outside. And it. it's, all, it's always up to the people to really to judge what's going on. Uh, so maybe uh, it didn't really end uh, it completely. But then by then you graduated, but then you had another opportunity. Now, you don't mention it. You say this is a story for another time, but somewhere in college, you got married, right? Yeah, yeah. You met your love that you're still married to, and 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 uh, you got married. So tell us a little bit about that. And then something happened. So tell us what happened. Yeah, so... Um... Uh, again, I, I believe in divine uh, appointments and uh, uh, divine timings. And yeah, uh, love came knocking on my door and it was something I couldn't escape uh, escape from. Uh, yeah. I love and <laughs> and uh, um, there was a time where, okay, I was ready to uh, welcome a new soul into my life as well. We had a baby uh, not long uh, uh, afterwards. And um, I, I think um, having kids is the biggest initiation any woman can have. Uh, it, uh, it's sort of, it is an expansion, not only physically, but uh, like at all levels emotionally, mentally, energetically. Um, and um, I had to face a bigger fear uh, at that stage where I had a newborn baby, but I also was given the opportunity to travel abroad and start a new job in the United Arab Emirates. That was then my dilemma. Like suddenly I, I had the chance to get my dreams come true to travel but I had uh, a very big commitment to my family and my my newborn baby so you had a husband and you had four month old baby you got this great opportunity for a dream job in another is it is is that another country or is it far yes away yes it's in the Middle East in the Gulf in, yeah in the Middle East which was you know many, many miles miles away. away. And you had a dilemma to whether to take this job or to stay home with your family. So what did you do and why? I took the job and it was not easy 
like I, I, I say it now yeah. and like sometimes I, I cry over it. And uh, my son was just four months old. And again, I'm really grateful for my mother who took it, uh, who decided to help me and took care of my baby for, uh, I think it was two months and a half that okay, I stayed. Story. Yeah, yeah. It was just a few months until I got myself sorted in the new country and uh, um, uh, my husband also found a job there and we sort okay. of reunited. And then you yeah. meet the family. Okay, because you don't say that in your chapter. So I'm yeah. like, was it two no, years? I, you know, no, you, it was just a few months. He was a teenager. Okay, just a couple of months. Look at every mother yeah. on the planet would, would say that's okay. All right, so good for you. And thank God you had a mother, you know, that could step in and do that. Uh, I love it. And the support of your husband. But at yes, the same yes. time, I'm so, sure that was hard, the hardest decision you ever had to make. But, yes. Okay, so how did you um, get to New Zealand? Because then you said 15 years later, you were blessed to move to New Zealand. So why New Zealand? And, you know, how did that happen? And that's where you are now. And, uh, you know, just share a little bit of that journey with us. Yeah, so I, I, I built up my engineering career, basically, um, and I worked in the Emirates for a few years. And then uh, it was mostly, again, um, throughout my engineering career, by the way, I, uh, um, my, my second two sons were born in the Emirates as well. And it was always a balance for me between balancing motherhood and balancing my career. Sure. Um, and, and throughout the throughout my life, I decided no, I will I will focus on my career as well as being a mother, and I will I will make things work, um, and and so yeah, I, I just developed in my engineering career, and uh, we traveled around a bit in Singapore and Malaysia, and then we ended up in New Zealand. Wow. Uh, we we had we had. Um, a vision of living in a beautiful country, in a safe environment, in a place where our kids can grow up happy and uh, and and safe. Yeah, beautiful and safe. That's the key. So let's talk about your new career now, where you're helping teens and children, and you're writing books and you're coaching. Let's talk a little bit about that. So you're not doing engineering work anymore. I, I still yes, I still do engineering work. You'll yes. Do. And you've got you're an entrepreneur with an entrepreneurial business as well. Okay, yes. so tell yeah. us a little yeah. bit about your new business. Yeah, so um, my new, maybe it's not new. How long? It, it is new. It's just uh, a, a, a year and a half. Um, okay. I yeah, I I started it during the pandemic. Uh, because I was feeling um, a lot of pressure on uh, parents and mothers in particular with all the lockdowns and the school uh, home learning. And mm -hmm. I realized there are a lot of things we take for granted in, with our kids and especially our teenagers because we rely on them to go to school and just get their stuff done. Mm -hmm. um, and we, um, we sometimes uh, neglect them uh, we, we, we just, we just blame them that, uh, they're being teenagers, they're too moody. Uh, <laughs> but, but really we, 
we do need to understand that they are going through a very tough stage in life, not just on, uh, they're going through physical changes, right. their brain is still develop developing, and uh, they are going through really rough times. And I think the pandemic really sort of uh, brought these things to, to the surface because now they had to stay at home all the time. They couldn't see their friends. Um, so, yeah, the idea of starting a um, uh, coaching business for parents and teens that started during the pandemic like that. And um, I mostly work with uh, kids who are like me, a little bit uh, sensitive and introverted and uh, who take on too much of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, they do suffer from a lot of anxiety, unnecessary anxiety sometimes. And uh, uh, they, uh, it brings me joy just to see how uh, uh, a young soul can uh, benefit from just having someone trustworthy to talk to and to ask questions and to uh, uh, feel uh, that they are understood and heard and to be given a different perspective on life. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. Well, our time is up already Nadine it just goes so fast so I know you have a free giveaway in case some a mother out there wants help for her teenage or her younger children how would they get a, you know how would they get a hold of you and how would they get your free gift so so uh, you can find me at my website theteensoulcoach.com and uh I, I think, RV, you have a link. Uh, I'm giving a free gift. It's a webinar I had done uh, a few months ago. It talks about handling study battles with your middle schooler or high schooler. And uh, I give you a few tips on uh, how to um, manage uh, study uh, conflicts between you and your kid. Beautiful. And I'll drop that link in the comments as well as in the show notes. So uh, the website that Nadine is talking about, it's called The Teen Soul, S-O-U-L Coach, The Teen Soul Coach. You can find her there as well as you can probably find her on most media, uh, social media like Facebook, because I know I've seen her there as well. All right, Nadine, thank you so much for your time today. Now, what last words or what impact are you hoping that your chapter will have on its readers? The, the biggest impact is, of course, I want parents to know that uh, it's what you put into the younger generation uh, it's it's like growing a seed. You need to grow the seed and take care of it so that it can blossom into something fruitful. That's that's my message. Yeah. And to the whole planet, actually. Yeah. To the whole planet. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nadine. Thank you for being one of the authors. And thank you for your time here today and for just sharing us a little slice of your life so that we can appreciate our own. Right? Yeah. Thank you, RV. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for today. Make sure that you go to Amazon and get your copy of The Impact of One Voice, The Impact 
of One Voice and read Nadine's story and many stories like this that will change your life. Because remember, your voice, your story, and your message matters. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. Please hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review and feel free to share our channel with your friends and family. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. We would love to hear from you. And remember, you are one step closer to becoming a million dollar speaker.